Hello, everybody. Welcome to Two Nuts in a Pod. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Emery. And today we have a solo episode. We're alone. We're alone in the studio. <laughs> oh, I like that. Thanks. Yeah, I'm looking at the other chair where we generally have a guest and there is nobody there. Nope. Just a lonely, boring, stupid chair. Yeah. It it's kind of positioned in a way that it looks like there's someone there though. It looks like an invisible person is sitting there and they're like prepared to uh, engage with us on this show, but there's nobody there. It's just us. Just us. No ghosties or anything. I don't know. This building could be haunted. It's a pretty old building. This is an old building. So we're in the Hayburn building in downtown Louisville. It's on Broadway and it is, I don't know how old this building is, but it has that spooky feel to it. Yeah. You kind of get a, sh- like the shining feeling in the hallways. Yeah. You're like you're expecting those two little twin girls and the blood to come from the elevators. Yeah, because we're always here like when other people aren't here too. We're not here when it's hopping. Yeah, you know <laughs> when like other the other offices like doing respectable, respectable, <laughs> respectable things. Respectable. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're never here when other people are here, so we're generally alone. And yeah, just kind of expecting to be haunted. So well, okay, maybe that solves our pizza mystery. Yeah. So we came into the the studio this morning, whatever time it is. We <laughs> came into the studio, and it smelled like like kind of burnt, cheap pizza. Yeah. And very what, specific. What was the brand you were thinking of? Totino's. Totino's. Oh, we're not. Are we supposed to talk about brands or stuff? We're not supposed to sell stuff on here, right? Yeah, we are not sponsored by Totino's, and I will say nothing about the quality of their product. Yeah. So just in general, like a burnt That's just pizza. what it smelled like. It did, yeah. And so, I, But I was also kind of hungry because I like pizza. But yeah, it just had that feel. So maybe there's just a ghost eating some pizza here. Yeah. And it didn't smell as much like it in the studio. So the ghost must be eating it in one of the other offices down the hallway. Or just in the hallway like a weirdo. Oh, just sitting there in the hallway, slowly eating pizza. <laughs> slowly eating burnt pizza, you weird ghost. I don't even know how I would react to that. If I saw a ghost eating pizza, I'd be like... You're scary, but it, somehow relatable and accessible because you're eating pizza. <laughs> like, I like pizza. Like, I'm going to freak out about this because you're a ghost and I've never seen a ghost before. But also, like, you're just eating pizza while sitting down in the hallway. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, are you okay? Do you want to come on the show and talk about your mental health? <laughs> yeah. You know, that's a whole other group of guests we haven't even thought of. That is. The- yeah. Yes. Because we've been talking to getting more guests on the show and or different types of guests or whatever. And different type of guests would be a ghost. I mean, that would be a whole sure. a whole new audience, too, you know, that would listen to the show. So that would be good. Yeah. Maybe for Halloween, too. It would be spooky. Oh, we like spooky <laughs> stuff. And if the ghost brought pizza, like, we'd be pretty happy. Totally. This ghost clearly has some sort of, you know connection to pizza so the ghost has to be sad though because if you're going to be on this show you got to be sad well i think the the ghosts ghosts are like almost always sad yeah that's a good point because they've got unfinished business yeah and i'm thinking if this ghost is eating pizza they probably died eating pizza Mm. i mean in some ways that's sad or maybe it's a really good way to go out i don't know it depends maybe they were out at a restaurant eating pizza and then the, a pizza slicer like flew across the room and like decapitated them. <laughs> yeah, maybe like, that happened. <laughs> that that is a really bad way to go out. Yeah, so they're always they're haunted by always eating pizza, so they probably want to share their pizza with us. Yep. 
Okay, well, that's the show. <laughs> that's our show today, folks. Thanks for joining. <laughs> <laughs> we figured out our next topic. Uh, you are listening to Two Nuts in a Pod on 106.5 Forward Radio. You can listen to us anytime at forwardradio.org. You can also find us on streaming services, CastBox, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcast. You can also find us on social media platforms. Facebook, we're Two Nuts in a Pod with the number two T-W-O spelled out. And on Instagram, we're Two Nuts in a Pod with the number two, like the actual number, number two. The numeral. The numeral is on Instagram. And that's also Two Nuts in a Pod, just with the number two. You can also email us anytime, day or night. 24-7, 365 at 2 at com. We'll respond pretty fast because we got a lot of interns. Oh, yeah. um, and the, those ghosts, they might be looking for something to do, too. We might have ghost interns soon, guys. <laughs> Just click and clack and respond <laughs> to your emails. <laughs> so, yeah, you can email us questions you have, um, love letters. Uh, you can email us if you have ideas for the show or if you want to be on the show um, or if you're just into ghosts and you want to talk about that. Anything. Yeah. We'll respond. Especially if it's about like a depressed or an anxious ghost, which I feel like, as we said, if they've got unfinished business, like they're probably saddies like us. Yeah. Perfect. I would love that. A saddie like us that's also going to share a pizza with us. Yeah. And we've never had that in the studio. We've had guests bring gifts. Yeah. Food, drinks, things like that. We've never had anyone bring us pizza. Yeah. That's a shame. Well, we've put it in the universe now. The <laughs> law of attraction... Now somebody will bring us pizza. Yes, exactly. Um, so, yeah, note note to you listeners out there, you know, and future guests, we like pizza. Yeah, if you're driving your car listening to us on the radio, because uh, we, we're on the radio three different times in the week, you need to stop your car and, like, get on your phone and email us and talk about being a guest and then bring some pizza to us. Yep, absolutely. Sorry, my voice keeps giving out. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I did notice that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what my deal is today. Um, okay, so let's launch into our first segment, which is how are you for real? So this is when we talk about, uh, you know, how we are actually doing, not just like how we want to say that we're doing or how we think other people think we should be doing. Um, you know, we want more than a one word answer, like yeah. the full Let's get into it. Like, exactly. We don't want any fine or good or I'm okay or fine and dandy or hunky dory. I said hunky dory recently to someone and they just could not stop laughing. <laughs> and then we were laughing because we're like, who created that word? And just think that one, once upon a time that word was created and maybe that was like a cool word. Like, people were like, like when people start saying new words all of a sudden, like they're just like, you know, we're like, oh, hashtag. <laughs> I was going to say hashtag hunky dory. <laughs> or like FOMO. Yeah, like something like that. But imagine whenever it was invented, people were like, man, that's the cool new word is hunky dory. It, I'm guessing the 50s. Yeah, they were so stupid back then. So I imagine <laughs> they would have created that stupid word. Hunky dory. Or maybe the 20s. <laughs> yeah, it could that be the 20s. That sounds kind of 20s-ish too. Yeah, you know, they were just like spending all their money living hunky dory. <laughs> I'm hunky dory. And then the 30s hit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, don't no responses like that. Also, if you said hunky dory, I'd be like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. 
Yeah, if you're good enough to say hunky dory, I'm just get out of my life. That's too happy for me. <laughs> Way too happy for me. Like if we're not were, going to be friends. If you were in the studio right now and you said I'm hunky dory, Lizzie and I would literally pick you up and throw you out the window. Yeah, and we're eight stories up, so you're gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now we're gonna come back next week. There's gonna be bars on the windows. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, so how are you for real, Izzy? Um, I am doing very well. Um, we don't like that. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I've been doing be well a few recordings in a row, and I promise to be depressed again very soon. Yeah, please, I mean, please. It's going to happen, I'm sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I started with a new therapist, and uh, I don't know if I told... Did I tell you that yet? Yes. Okay. I think so. Um, I'm obsessed with her. She's amazing. I just... The first... You know, I, I've i seen so many therapists that, like, you know, the first session just went okay. And then I figured, well, I'll get to know them better. And, you know, then I'll see. And then I end up sticking with them for six to eight months. And then at the end of it, I'm like, yeah, this wasn't a good fit. I'm yeah. like, why did it take me six to eight months to find that out? This person I knew the first time I met with her. I was like, this is awesome. This is going to work. Is that like relationships too? Like if you meet a guy or a girl and you're just like, man, like you immediately hit it off. You're like, yeah, this could work. Like and other times you're just like, I went on a date and it was okay. Like, I'll, I guess I'll go on another date. It's like, why are you even doing this? Yeah. Maybe I'll date them for eight months. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you need chemistry with a therapist like you need with... A potential partner that's true could be i mean it's a i mean not that type of chemistry but you know what i'm saying yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know i not mean hey. chemistry. <laughs> um but no like i just she was exactly what i was looking for and um i'd actually been going to acupuncture and that's how i ended up finding her through the acupuncturist referring me to someone else who referred me to her practice so I guess like a little reminder to like get referrals from different professionals you're seeing. You it's know? okay to shop around. If you're, you know, to go seeing a massage therapist, you know, like people in helping professions like that, they typically, you know, they talk to their clients and they know, um, they hear through word of mouth, like who's getting lots of good feedback from, yeah. from their clients. So um, yeah, I've been seeing a great therapist and I can already feel like my confidence building up and just like my motivation. Uh, like I've been wanting, I've been wanting to get back into yoga for a really long time. And it was to the point that I was like, I would just get anxious even thinking about exercising. Mm. It's like, I didn't want to be in my body because my body's where the anxiety lives. And yeah. so it's like part of my coping mechanism is like let me just stay out of my body let me just stay in my brain because then i can you know maybe try to control my feelings a little bit more um it feels safer somehow to just go into like freeze mode with my yeah. body yeah. <laughs> like protective mode but um i did a couple like kind of like easy yoga classes this week and it was just exactly what i needed it was like you know, a, just a positive way to get back into my body. And it was like, I, I think that you really need to find exercise that you kind of enjoy. Like, I think yeah. a lot of people treat exercise as like 
they want the reward at the end, but they just figure it's going to be torture to get there. Yeah. Um, and that works for some people and that's sustainable for some people. But as much as I am a pretty vain person, like I'll admit, I can't, I'm not externally motivated to make my body look awesome. I'm just not, I don't think people need that for me. It's not, you know, I'm 35. I'm married. Like it's not really a motivator. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I do have the motivator to feel good mental health wise, but I don't want to torture myself yeah. <laughs> to try to improve my mental health. So, like, I'm really trying to just find ways to move my body that, like, feel really nice right now. I feel and that just way with get running. back in my body. Yeah. Like with running, I like I really do enjoy it. I don't like running when I first start. I don't know how other people that run feel about this, but like the first couple of minutes, I'm just like, this sucks. But then once I get into the groove, I'm like, OK. I like love this and like my mind can kind of go in different places and think about different things or my mind can just be like just total jello just like nothing there that sounds awesome <laughs> and then that that feels really good so like running definitely helps me um but like all the other exercises i'm just like i don't want to do that like i don't want to lift weights yeah i'm already so buff and strong you know like right i mean muscles are bursting out of my t-shirts so like I, do i even need that you his know? t-shirt's ripping right now as it's we're talking really coming apart <laughs> he's hulking out <laughs> yeah I, I feel that same way right so i'm really that's glad I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that about the yoga that's really cool yeah so i'm feeling good about that and a really big thing for me uh, i know i've talked on this show a little bit about like you know taking ativan and um I haven't really shared fully that um, I've been taking Ativan every day for at least two years. And I don't even know if it's longer than that, because honestly, my memory is so bad, partially because of the Ativan. Um, But it started where I was just taking it for panic attacks. And then I just started taking it more and more frequently. And then the problem is when you get used to when you start taking it every day and really with with Ativan, um, it's, it's like Xanax. It's, uh, benzo. What's the long version of that word? Benzodiazepam. Benzodiazepine. (laughs) That doesn't sound right. Um, I'll just cut those out and stick with benzo. Um, so it's really addictive and you're typically only supposed to use it for like a month. Um, Mm. And because the longer you're on it, the worse the withdrawal is when you go off of it, because basically your brain stops producing, you know, the chemicals, it, it, your, your brain expects the medicine to be there. So it compensates by, you know, underproducing certain chemicals or overproducing certain chemicals. I don't want to like get into like GABA receptors and all that kind of stuff yeah. that I've been reading about, but that's essentially how it works. So I've been wanting to go off of it for a while because I don't like to be dependent on something. And it's scary because it like long-term use, like increases your risk of Alzheimer's. Like there's some, yeah, yeah, there's some scary stuff with it. And, um, I also just was like, because my brain is used to it, it wasn't really, it's not really helping my anxiety anymore. Mm. It's like, as soon as maybe she, because she's increased the dosage. I'm, I'm on a low dosage um, of just two milligrams. But once she like she's increased the dosage a couple of times and each time, like I'll feel relief of symptoms 
for a brief period of time, maybe like a month or something. And then my body just gets used to it. And then the symptoms come back. Yeah. So that's why it's like so habit forming. But then you feel like you need it because if you don't take it, you get like rebound anxiety and withdrawal. And yeah, so uh, I'm sharing this with the audience because I want to be accountable and I know this is going to be hard and it's something that the more people I have kind of like supporting me and witnessing and holding me accountable is awesome. Yeah. But, uh, I've, I started to wean off this week and, uh, I'm going to be doing it really slowly. I joined an online support group for it, which has been nice helpful in this first week just to kind of gather information. Uh, and a lot of people, think that the most successful way to do it is to taper really slowly. So that's what I'm going to do where essentially you decrease a little bit and then you have a couple weeks of withdrawal symptoms and then you get like a window where those symptoms go away and you can just kind of like relax Yeah. and then you decrease again. I think that's the way to, the best way to quit a lot of things is just kind of slowly wean off of stuff. Yeah. Like I think of like, sugar or chocolate or social media or anything, all these different things that are kind of addictive or have little things like that, like just like slowly weaning off of it as opposed to being like, I'm done. Like I, I don't know how, and I've done that before. And a lot of times I find like, then I revert back to it and then I feel like I failed. As That's opposed, the problem with cold turkey with anything. Yeah. As opposed to being like, Oh look this week I weaned off of it just a little bit more. So I'm getting closer and closer to my big goal as opposed to like, and you have those little goals in between as opposed to like my one big goal quit. Okay. I quit. And now I reverted back. I failed. Like, yeah, it just seems, you know, counterintuitive and not helpful. Yeah. Um, I'm proud of you for that. That's awesome. Thank you. So, and it's been, like so far the withdrawal symptoms have not been too bad. So I think uh, I started the first couple days. I was just kind of on my own trying to take less and I took like half the amount I usually do. That was bad. I had terrible insomnia and just really increased heart rate and stuff. Yeah. So then the next couple days I did like one and a half milligrams instead of two. And that still felt a little too edgy and intense. So now I'm doing 1.75. Nice. And I'll stick with that for like a month. But I'll keep you guys updated on this uh, experience. I, um, I'm hoping, I'm feeling really hopeful about it. I'm feeling a lot of like pride and confidence in the fact that I'm doing it. And uh, I think that it's just going to, make a really positive impact in a, a lot of ways. I think I'll learn a lot about myself doing it. Um, and it's also kind of like, you know, I have to force myself to like be really careful with alcohol, which will be great for me. Yeah. Cause apparently alcohol can be really bad for withdrawal symptoms. So, uh, alcohol could be bad for a lot of things. Yeah. It's really bad for my anxiety in general, but I didn't realize like some people in the group call it like a liquid benzo. So mm. like, I didn't realize it's doing something similar that the benzos are doing. Yeah. So it's probably why you get a lot of rebound anxiety. Like my sister calls it hangxiety um, <laughs> when you're hungover, uh, is that you're kind of like coming off the alcohol. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I cannot afford hangovers right now. So. Is it raining? 
I think it did just start raining. Yep, there's a little pitter-patter. I was supposed to weed-eat the front yard. Guess I'm not doing that Ooh, now. Ooh, <laughs> nice. Valid excuse. So, yeah, that is how I'm doing. Um, quitting a super addictive drug. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so I'm not going to be... I, I still get my cigarettes. So I'm not going to quit those yeah. until... Uh, well, I don't know. I won't say until after I quit the Ativan, because it could take me a very long time to quit the Ativan. But um, I... Uh, yeah. That's not a priority right now. I'm still allowing myself that indulgence. Nice. Good. But I'm cutting way back on caffeine and sugar and uh, booze. Nice. Congrats. That'll all be good for me. But That's awesome. Yeah. The only side effect that you have now is that you're constantly bleeding from both eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's super minor. Super yeah, it's just, minor. just, you know, one little thing. <laughs> yeah. So it's... Uh, the only withdrawal I'm having is so like heightened anxiety, increased heart rate, um, some some sleep issues, just like really bad anxiety dreams and stuff, um, and uh, some tummy issues. Mm, tummy issues. Yeah, my tummy doesn't feel super good. But um, enough about me, Emery. How are you for real? I am pretty tired. <laughs> I have had a busy few weeks. Um, we had a, a recent fundraiser, an annual fundraiser called Give for Good Louisville, which happens every year. And it's the largest day of online giving in the state of Kentucky. And uh, we had a goal for where I work for $100,000, which is a lot of money in one day. And we raised $106,000. So Ooh. we surpassed our goal, which was very exciting. And but it was also just very tiring. And then I was constantly just like looking at the numbers, like, okay, are we going to get it? Okay. Who do I need to talk to? Who do I need to ask for money? And asking people for money is, and Lizzie and I talked about this before the show that it's, it's a little stressful and pretty anxiety inducing. And it's hard not to take things personally as well. So I try to separate that. I told Lizzie, I was like, I almost become like a different person when I'm fundraising. Like, I'm the same guy, but like for me to ask somebody for money is very uncomfortable for me to do. But when you're passionate about something, you believe in it, it's like, hey, this is the way we survive. Like, and you ask people and they know that you're passionate and believe in it. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, there was all that. Lots of matching and donations, matching donations, peer-to-peer -peer fundraising, all that fun stuff. Uh, but it was exhausting. And then yesterday I had a board retreat. And then tomorrow I lead a program for another board that I'm on. So just like, it's a lot right now. Um, but it's good stuff. Like, it's stuff that I like. And so it's a lot. You know, you deal with work. You deal with community involvement stuff. You got family. You got friends. So you're always feeling pulled in many different directions. And sometimes I feel like I'm not focusing on some things that I should focus on more. So that can be a little, you know heart-wrenching for me because they're just like oh i need to see this person more oh i forgot to say something to that person or oh i meant to go this place and say hi to that person and i was just like okay this is just exhausting just go home and go to sleep um but it, a few times during this these past several days i said no to things so that was me setting establishing boundaries sticking up for myself and saying like i'm gonna listen to my body my body says i need to lie down and fall asleep and that's what I would do. I would listen to my body and take little naps. And so that felt good. But yeah, just being overall pretty tired. And then and this week I have uh, a doctor's appointment about my spine. Um, so for people that don't know, I got in a car accident earlier this year. 
Uh, my car was totaled. Um, I drive a little Prius, and I got hit by an SUV. And, you know, Priuses versus SUVs, not much of a competition there. Uh, but yeah. um, did get a, got a lot of help and support from there. But, yeah, I've had kind of my neck and shoulders have had some issues. Um, so I'm actually getting that uh, evaluated. So after after I did an MRI, so that's, you know, I'm a little nervous about that. It's like, okay, what's that going to involve? Like, is there a bunch more physical therapy? Is there, God forbid, like medicine or surgery or something like that? Like, so it's a little nervous there. Um, but it, it just kind of makes me more tired. Like, it's just like, oh, that's coming up. Okay. It's just, yeah, that extra stressor is just like, stressors just make you tired. Yeah. It's exhausting being stressed out. The one good, the one really good thing I have, I mean, the, the raising the money, that goal, that was amazing. Um, but one thing I'm really looking forward to, and I told Lizzie about this before, I don't think, and I hadn't talked about it on the show, was uh, got accepted into a program uh, that's going to take me backpacking in Chile for 31 days next year. So I will be backpacking for quite a long time. Uh, but I was like, I want to, I love traveling and exploring the world, exploring new cultures and new scenery and landscapes. Um, love meeting new people and just also wanted to get out of town <laughs> need yeah. a need a break and i feel that right now i'm like i need a break from people and uh especially so, yeah. all these just from all the white people here <laughs> yeah, in kentucky i interact with a it's lot too, of too many of them too many of us uh so yeah it'll be it'll be i'm really excited for that program and everything um and feel really really happy about it so that's yeah there's there's like there's a lot of good news in my life, but I'm also very tired and, and that's hard to sometimes convey to people. And like, you know, when people ask you, you're just like, okay, like, do you have time for me to tell you everything that's on my plate? You, I, I feel like I'm wasting your time doing this, but if you hear this, you're going to like, Oh, okay. Like I get it now. So I've done that lately where I reached out to people. I was like, Hey, like I got a lot on my plate. I need a little help, a little grace. So I've started to do that more with people so they're aware that like stuff's happening and I need support. Um, so I feel good asking for help in that regard, but you know, it's also like you want to be like, Oh, I can do everything on my own. I'm so strong and powerful. Yeah. But sometimes you're not, you need help. <laughs> yeah. So I'm better about asking for help and I, it's a continuous process, continuous. <laughs> it's a process of getting better and better with that. But, um, yeah, I feel good about it. See, so, yeah, I'm tired, but I feel good, I guess. Yeah. Well, I'm hunky dory. Is it like the happy kind of tired? Yeah, it's like, but part of it's like relief too. Mm-hmm. Like certain things will end. Like, you know, I had to, I hosted a trivia event and then I, I spoke at uh, another event and then I'm on these boards and then, you know, I've got family and friends and I bought my house and, you know, new car and relatively new job and all this stuff. It just layers on top of it. So a lot of it is just like relief. It's done. But, you know, I need to, sometimes it's like, slow down and enjoy this moment. Like, and also know that like, this is, this is great that you're a part of this. Like, you know, these programs or whatever, like it, it's an honor and a privilege to be a part of it. So take, 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 don't take that for granted. Yeah. Cause someday it might not be there. Yeah. And it's a thing you kind of thing you'll look back on and be really proud of. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing is like, you know, I got pretty emotional, um, after the uh, the fundraising, because I was like, man, like, damn, I did, yeah, we did that, like that. This feels great, mm. but you know, it was then I was like, okay, next thing, <laughs> like, yeah, it's just move on, and yeah, and so, that's the perfectionism, I yes, think, because yeah. that's how mine works. Yeah, it's definitely perfectionist, and definitely like, okay, like 
that was good, but not good enough. Let's do more. And it's like, sometimes it's just like, man, like you've done enough. Like I need people to tell me that, like be like, Hey man, you're, you're good. Like you're doing fine. Cause I'll be like, I'm on such a blinders on not seeing anything else. Just moving forward a hundred miles per hour and not seeing like, Hey, like some of the stuff that's happening is a good stuff that you should be happy about. Take some time and be happy. Yeah, totally. And just stopping yourself from finding the negatives. I thought you said stop being yourself instead of stopping yourself. So I was like, okay, busy. I'll just stop being who I am. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause I, I'm the same way. Like when I finish something, I'm like, my first thing is relief. Like it's done. And then sometimes I can, you know, start to nitpick it afterwards and you just, there's no point in doing that. I mean, you can, yeah. you can say, Hey, I'm, you know, like you talked about with another event you did, like, I, Hey, I might do it this way next year or, yeah. but you don't beat yourself up about it. It's just like, Hey, I'm learning and That's it still went yes. really well. And when yeah. I, when I planned my first event earlier this year, I kept doing that to myself. I kept being like, Hey, I'm grateful just to be in this space. I'm grateful that I'm learning. Hey, I'm learning a lot. This is a new experience. Give yourself some grace. Be kind to yourself. Because you talk to yourself more than anybody else because you're always talking to yourself in your head. So might as well be gentle with yourself because... Oh, I like that. Like, this is all you got. <laughs> and so, like, I started to do that more then. And, like, going back to that is really helpful for me being like, hey, like, slow down, be thankful, be grateful, and know that, like, it's, this is... You've all... You're all... Whatever I'm trying to say. You know what I'm trying to say. But, like, I just... I want to be in that position where I can continue to do that. It's like, hey, man, like, be proud of yourself. This is cool. And naps are just Oof. so important. That nap I had yesterday afternoon, that was spot on. I call, a, a friend called me, and they are like, hey, you want to hang out? I was like, yeah, uh, I, need to, I need to fall asleep. <laughs> so um, I'm going to say no, and I'll, I'll, I'll text you in, like, 30 minutes. I took, like, a two-and-a-half-hour nap. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and they just figured, they were like, yeah, I figured you were just still sleeping. So, But my body needed it. Yeah. So. Oh, we got some thunder going. I wonder if that'll be on yeah, the recording. That's pretty cool. I'm just going to save that sound effect so next time something dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we are at the halfway mark, so it's time for us to take a little break, and we will be right back. Two Nights in a Pod is a program dedicated to talking about the real stuff, the stigma of mental illness, how we tend to our mental health, and how our brains define and empower us. Hosted by Lizzie and Emery, Two Nights in a Pod can be found on podcast streaming devices such as iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and CastBox. In addition to podcast streaming services, Two Nights in a Pod is a proud member of Forward Radio. 065 WFMPLP is committed to broadcasting the voices of those groups and individuals in our community who are routinely ignored by the mainstream media promoting understanding and collaboration among diverse groups, supporting our efforts to network, organize, and strengthen our community and our democracy. Forward Radio is a volunteer-powered, listener-supported station, and we need your contributions. Just go to forwardradio.org to donate or get involved. All right, we are back. Um, Thank God. Yeah, it was uh, (laughs) a rough break. Yeah, I didn't like it. We've got like an intense ambiance right now. There's it's thunderstorming, so if you hear some thunder in the background, then Ooh. 
it'll actually go with our next segment, which yep. is fears. Um, we decided we're going to talk about our fears today. And um, I actually got this idea from this uh, mental health podcast that I listened to called the Mental Illness Happy Hour uh, with Paul Gilmartin. And uh, he's been doing it for like over 10 years or something. There's a ton of episodes. I highly recommend it for if you're a mental health podcast junkie like me um, and you just want to listen to as many of them as you possibly can. Uh, but he... Um, in every episode, he has listeners share fears, and um, I think it's always super interesting. So um, we're going to share our fears, and uh, that's actually, like, one of the reasons why I wanted to share with you all about quitting Ativan is I think it's really stigmatized. I think it's something people are afraid to talk about. So it was kind of conquering a fear for me to... Um, say that I mean like there's lots of people in my life that don't even know that I'm taking it yeah. but um, I am going to be open about it now that I'm quitting because I had that shame when I was taking it that I just didn't want to share it with people um, but yeah I think sharing fears can really take away their power so fears let's do this um, let's do it we can just kind of go back and forth okay we'll ping pong in so I can start, uh, and a lot of mine... God, that was my first fear, is going first ever. <laughs> I sensed that. Uh... You just see, I get so quiet, like, nope, I'm not saying a single word. <laughs> He's shrinking down in his chair. Uh, so this fear is, like, really... I found, I found that a lot of mine were related to um, anxiety, specifically social anxiety, but... Um, my first fear is that my friends and family will stop loving me if I don't act the way I think they want or expect me to. Mm. Uh, so I have, I feel a lot of pressure. Um, it's like I've, I feel almost like I have this like persona that I want to maintain. And if I don't do that, then I feel like I failed. So, like, a lot of it is my social anxiety, and I find myself, like, recapping conversations afterwards. Like, yeah. even with, like, you know, with I had dinner with my mom and sister yesterday, and today I was just, I found myself recapping conversations and thinking, like, oh, you know, I hope that, um, you know, just thinking, did I, how, you know, what kind of impression did I leave on them? Did, it, you know, did they have a good time with me? Like, you know, did I kind of fulfill my like obligation as daughter and sister bonding time? Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a big one for me with social anxiety. Okay. Well, I'm going to get, uh, mine's a, a little more, um, mine's not as serious or as, as good as yours. <laughs> uh, one thing I'm afraid of or fearful of or one of my fears, um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's really, well, I'll, I'll tell, I'll tell one from my childhood. So one from my childhood, uh, okay, I'm going to tell two from my childhood. I'm cheating. I know we were going back and forth, but I'm cheating already. I'm already breaking the rules. <laughs> so two of them. One, I was scared of toilets and the other one I was scared of pools. And I'm going to explain it. So toilets, I saw this movie, Look Who's Talking, 
Um, and there's a <laughs> great scene, movie, a great movie. And there's a scene. It's like in the I think the movie's from the, like the late '80s or whatever. There's a scene where the toilet is talking to the little boy, and the little boy I think is voiced by Bruce Willis or whatever. And he's learning how to he's learning how to he's going through potty training, and the the toilet is like has teeth and like eyes and is basically barking at him like I want your pee pee, like and it's like I'm gonna. I want to eat. The, I'm going to kill you, basically. I don't know. Like, it's a scary toilet. And so I was scared of toilets. And then the movie Ghoulies as well. If people know that's a scary movie, um, a creature feature type of movie. And there was, on the the cover of those those movies, they had those little monsters, little creatures coming out of the toilet. And then I also heard about snakes coming out of toilets. So I was like, okay, you got snakes. We got talking toilets that want to eat me. And you got Ghoulies coming out. Jeez, toilets are so problematic. Toilets are really freaking scary. So I was scared of toilets. So what I would do, um, you know, if instead of instead of pooping in the toilet, I would poop just outside of the toilet, just right in front of it. So until I was like five years old or six years old, I would poop right in front of the toilet. So a lot of people put those little those little cute little rugs. You know, they're accompanying the toilets. <laughs> and I just poop right on the rug. Like, and people would walk in and be like, I mean, did one of the dogs do this or whatever? It's like, no, no, that's Emery. Emery poops in front of the toilet because he's so scared of the toilet. <laughs> it immediately made me think of a dog, like how my dog will like pee right to the side of the puppy pad. Yeah. Like I just, I'm so, I was so scared of it. So I would just, you know, I got close. But not close enough. <laughs> so someone always had to clean it. And my parents literally would bribe me with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figures. We would go to this old store called Biggs. Um, which I don't think Biggs exists anymore. And we would go there and buy a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figure. I was like, hey, man, if you don't poop, if you poop in, in the toilet instead of in front of the toilet, we're going to get you a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figure. So that's what I would do. So that, that, would, that scared me as a child. So I'd poop in front of the toilet, which is... Just it's that's also a story that if I were to ever bring like a date around, my parents like guaranteed they're gonna tell that story. Yeah. They'd be like, Yeah, Emery scared of toilets would poop in front of the toilet for years. Uh so it's toilets and then the other one was swimming pools, and that's because I would go to the zoo and I'd go to where the polar bear exhibit was, and the polar bears, I'd see them, you know, you'd you'd see them swimming under the water because they'd show that clear view where you'd sw- I was like well, I'm never getting in a pool again because there's going to be polar bears that want to eat me. So I would, what I would do is I would go to the pool and I'd keep putting my head down in the water. Like I'd sit outside of the, the swimming pool and put my head down, like dunk in my head to look for polar bears. But I would do it so much that I would get too much water in my mouth and I would just throw up. So oh. just like, what is wrong with this child? He literally won't poop in the toilet, and he won't get in the pool, but he, he'll do something to make himself throw up because he's getting so much water, and he's, like, he's swallowing so much water. So yeah, I was a real great childhood. Oh my gosh. So yeah, those things scared me, and like, and it's like, it's like irrational fears, or like associating one thing with the other. Mm-hmm. And like when they shouldn't be associated together at all, um, and yeah, that's so that was just those type of fears as a child that were like absurd, but like they were legitimate. Like those things scare me. I mean, water still kind of scares me. Like oceans, lakes, pools. I'm always just like something's ready to get me. Oh, like, oceans scare me because of Jaws. Anytime my feet don't touch the ground when I'm in the ocean, oof. I just hear like dun. Dun 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 dun. Like I know there's a shark. Yeah. I'm positive there's a shark about to bite my feet off. 
I just, I, I mean, always, I always think like some sort of water snake's going to get me or piranhas, like from that movie Piranhas, uh, or just anything, like something's going to get me. And, or like, you know, you get stung by a jellyfish or something crazy like that. Like, so I just have those little fears or that they're just monsters. Like I, it's still as an adult, like I will be like, there's monsters. Like even when, you know how you would turn the lights off to, and you would turn the light off and race to your bed. So no monster would get you mm. or you'd turn the light off and run upstairs. So no monster would get you. Yes. Like. I still do that. Like, I still kind of like am quick about getting to the bed after I turn the light off because I'm just like, some monster's going to get me. But if I'm in the bed, monsters don't go in the bed. So they won't get you there. Yeah, that's Monster 101. <laughs> like, I just, it's that irrational, ridiculous fear where, like, even now, like, sometimes check them out a shower curtain. Like, I'll go into a bathroom, wash my hands, and it might be like someone else's bathroom. I'll be like, I should probably look behind the shower curtain just to make sure nobody's there to kill me. Uh, so still doing that stuff. Like I did that for a long time. I didn't even remember that until just now. I guess I broke the habit at some point. Yeah. I, <laughs> or just surrendered to my... You're just like, whatever, just kill me. Who cares? Death. It's just like, yeah, there's probably someone back there. And <laughs> it's just my time. <laughs> just my time. Or I'll get out of here real quick and it'll be the next person's time. <laughs> True. If I just leave them alone, if I'm really polite and quiet while I wash my hands, they'll so, stay in there. So there's a lot of childhood fears that still kind of linger today. I mean, still toilets, even toilets. Like, I'm just like... All right, look at that toilet carefully. Make sure nothing's coming out of there trying to get you. <laughs> so your roommate is is bribing you now to poop inside the toilet. Do you just have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figures action everywhere? Action figures everywhere. I'd be so pumped to go get one of those because I loved the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and like I'd be so pumped to go get them. But the fact that like I would, that's what had they had to bribe me that way. Like get this child to stop pooping in front of the toilet. What would be the adult equivalent of that prize? Oh my goodness. Of that what, prize? For you, what would be the, your adult equivalent of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figure? Uh, man, I don't know. I mean, honestly, because I don't have them anymore, maybe that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had them in years. And like, honestly, if I, if I had them again, I'd be pretty happy. So if someone was like, hey man, like if you stop doing this one thing that annoys the hell out of all of us, like... I will buy you a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figure on like Amazon or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. That's a good question. The, tur- the turtles, just more turtles. The turtles, man. So, so yeah, there's a lot. So Lizzie, you go next because that was a lot of mine. So I have a, a fear that dates back to childhood. Okay. Um, I am terrified of camel crickets. So, if you don't know what camel crickets are, you're lucky. Um, I don't know what that is. So, they're like the the brown kind of like spotted crickets that like to hang out in basements, especially unfinished basements, but really any basement floor, um, they're into it. And they jump really high, like they can jump like six feet high, and uh, like my sisters and I were so scared of them when we were younger that if we saw one, we didn't want to go close to it. So I got really good at throwing a shoe to kill a camel cricket. Like I could do it from like all the way across the room. Like my sister was like, and like in high school. And so my sister was right across the hallway from me and I, I knew what her camel cricket scream sounded like. It was like a particular scream and yeah. I'd grab my shoe and be like, I'm coming. <laughs> Lizzie to save the day <laughs> with her shoe. Wait, 
do do camel crickets not exist in Kentucky? Like, I don't... Oh, they're here. They're in my basement now. Oh, okay. Maybe but they're... I have camel cricket trap. I have cricket traps that I change periodically. Cricket traps? Yeah. Wow. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, it's like a, a little box. Imagine like a rectangular box where there's a hole, like e- the two sides of it are open. Okay. So, and then it has like this, um, like it's almost feels like a sticker, but there's like this glue that is filled with like stuff that crickets like to eat. Oh no. And so they go in and then they eat it and then they're stuck. And I think there's poison in it too. Oh no. It's really cruel. <laughs> it's really cruel. I'm a mass murderer of camel crickets because I'm so afraid of them. I was just reading something where they were like, Hey, don't put sticky stuff for little critters. Cause like mice and stuff like that or whatever. Cause it like, you know, it kills them. It's so sad. It's like, I get it. At one point, I'm like, because, yeah, that's the thing. Now, it's like, for some reason, when I was younger, I was like, yeah, kill all those bugs. And now I'm just like, man, like, even I see, like, a, a big, scary spider or something, I'm just like, I don't know if I should do anything to it. Maybe I should just leave it alone. But it's, like, on my bed. Like It's like, all right, this is too much for me. And it's just occurring to me that we're saying that, like, I don't like to kill bugs either, besides, like, mosquitoes, because... You know, screw mosquitoes. <sighs> mosquitoes are the worst. Um, but yeah, I don't. I, I really, hope they're listening to the show right now. I and hope they, they hear are me too. say, "Mosquitoes, you suck." I don't care who hears it. Yeah, uh, but I really don't like to kill bugs either. And it's never occurred to me that my genocide of camel crickets <laughs> contradicts that, because <laughs> I just think of them as like the devil. The devil. <laughs> um, they just scare me so much. Like one time, it was really traumatizing. Uh, one time. Um, I, so I had like, uh, one of those, like the white, like it, it's like mosquito netting, but it, it was supposed to be just like pretty and dreamy and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just like a white, you know, gauzy, um, curtain that drapes all the way around your bed. Okay. And, uh, I woke up one morning and there was a camel cricket, like a foot from my face on the inside of the oh. curtain just hanging there yeah and i know how camel crickets operate as soon as i move that thing's jumping all over the place (laughs) yes and (laughs) and there's like nothing i can do about it so i sat there just paralyzed just in fear for a while and then finally i think i man have i repressed this memory because it was so scary i don't remember what happened oh yeah that's a repressed memory I don't know if we want to bring that back up. <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm pretty sure that I did move and then it it landed on me, because I remember just like screaming and like running out from under the netting. It okay. That just reminded me, and this is another little little creature. Uh, but you talked about like when you move, like it just jumps wherever, mm. and you don't know where it's gonna go. It's like when you're driving a car and there's a squirrel on the road. And, like, squirrels, for some reason, like, more so than any other animal, you're just like, what the hell is that thing going to do? Like, yes. I don't know. Sometimes they run towards your car. Sometimes they run right in the back of the middle of the street. Sometimes they just jag around. And, like, I don't want to hit the little squirrel because, you know, I don't want to kill a squirrel. But, like, man, it's like just cracked out squirrels just going all in different directions. I, I saw someone honk at a squirrel until it got out of the road. Really? On my street. Yeah, uh-huh. I watched it happen. She honked like five times and she was like 10 feet away from the squirrel. She was just stopped, like waiting for it to cross the road. I was like, <laughs> you're like a, a 
either a really good person or like a really weird person. Like I don't. Know. <laughs> it's just weird to honk at a squirrel. Get out of the road, squirrel. It feels like if you just continued to drive slowly towards them, they would move. Like then they move, but it's like, man, if you drive slowly and they just don't move and you just run over them, like you're just like, well, I just slowly killed this animal. Like that's awful. But yeah, don't uh, honk at them because that's just weird looking to your neighbors. And they don't like that, squirrels. Um, okay, a more serious one I have is uh, just losing loved ones. I mean, lo- losing That's lo- on my list, too. Like, even, like, losing relationships with loved ones. Like, someone that you really cared about or loved. Like, I have a problem with letting go of anything. And uh, even I'm pretty good about letting go of stuff. But, like, people and relationships and feelings about people, like, I struggle to let go of those things. And I just have a fear that, like, they'll one day just be, like, tired of me. They'll be like, this guy sucks. I'm going to find somebody else. Or, like, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I got, I got bored with him. So I went to somebody else. Like, I just fear that. Or just, like, someone dying. Like, mm-hmm. I think of, you know, really close family members or really close friends dying. And just, like, man, like, I that terrifies me. Like, I don't know how I'm going to respond. And then sometimes you're like, okay, my mental health can be fragile. What happens if one of these key figures in my support network pass away what do i do mm-hmm. and so like that does scare me that definitely terrifies me um more so than the, the pools and the toilets uh <laughs> but so i just that's something i i consistently worry about do you ever like this will happen to me you all get intrusive thoughts about that person actually dying tragically and i'll oh, just yeah. start like sobbing yes and it's just oh it's so intense mine is mine is my my parents dying both of them at the same time like i just I, you know, we all know it's going to happen. Everybody dies. That's just no secret there. But it's just like, you know, they're such crucial figures in my support network, but the most important figures in my support network. And people I can always count on, people that always have my back. And what happens if I lose them? And what happens if it happens at the same time? Like, you know, I just can't, I can't even imagine. It sounds awful. And, yeah, you'll think about horrible things. And you're like... You know, like, what? how are you even going to respond? Like, I don't know. So, yeah, that terrifies me. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. I think we have time for, like, a couple more um, quick ones. So um, another thing I'm afraid of, one thing you mentioned is that I'm boring. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm Lizzie. I'm boring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the idea that people would not want to be in my life because they just realize how terribly boring I am. <laughs> um, and that's kind of connected to my fear of coffee dates. Mm, okay. um, typically, it's women in my life that want to set up coffee dates. Yeah. Um, I hate coffee dates. I think that they're just super... I don't know why they're just super stressful to me. Like it, it feels like you're going on a first date Yeah. with a friend. Exactly. It's like, and there's just so little else going on. It's just you two at a tiny table. It's so intimate. And then, you know, the coffee doesn't help because that's just jacking up your heart rate rate and, you know, making you feel, making me feel more anxious. And, um, yeah, it just feels like a lot of, it's a lot of pressure and I worry that I don't have stuff to say. It's like, you know, at least at a restaurant, you've got like the waiter coming over and you've yeah. got like, you know, the food coming and then you're eating and the, the coffee date. I mean, it's just pure. You're sipping and you're chatting the whole time. And if you run out of material, it's like, what if people are just like, no, I, I don't like her anymore. Like I was drinking coffee with this person, but now you're kind of boring. I'm going to leave right now. Yeah. They just, that totally ruins the relationship. 
Which so. shows that if they want to get a coffee date with you, they already find you interesting and they want to know more about you. Like True. They want to interact with you. Um, okay, so if one of mine would be, uh, it would be just failing. Like just failing anyone or disappointing someone. Like I definitely, you know, have perfectionist tendencies, have codependent, co- good Lord. <laughs> I can't, I'm codependent. Um, so, you know, I want things to be perfect and I want things to be cleaned up for everyone. I don't want anyone to be disappointed in me. I want everyone to be proud of me. Um, and that's impossible to attain that and unhealthy too and unreasonable. But it is a fear of mine of failing anyone so that someone is disappointed in me. I just like, I can't, I can't have anyone be disappointed in me. Mm-hmm. And so that's like constantly people pleasing and just like, you know, it's like responding to every message, everything. Like, you know, I even do that on Facebook where like if some if people comment on my stuff, like I might not return a comment, but I'm definitely going to like or love it. Definitely. Yes. Definitely yeah. going to do that. I I want them to be, feel that like I notice them, I see them. But it's like, dude, you don't have to do that. Like, and I know I don't do that stuff, but it's just always feeling like you're going to fail someone or someone's going to be disappointed with you or you're going to hurt someone's feelings. Like, I just it just eats me up. And it's scary to me. Yeah. Mm, that's a good one. Uh, okay, so we probably have time for one more quick fear. Do you have, like, a another quick one? Stray dogs. Dogs on the <laughs> loose. Honestly, like, I know it's so weird. And I like dogs. I love dogs. But, like, a dog that's just, like, on the loose running around, it just freaks me out. I think of, like, the movie Cujo. Like, it's really scary okay. movies from childhood that, like, I just associated with now. And, like... So if I see a stray dog or a dog running loose, like, I don't go around that dog at all. I know a lot of people are like, ooh, I'm going to get out of my car and help the dog. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm too scared of it. Like, I, I don't know what he's going to do or how it's going to respond. And I am a dog. Per- I love dogs. Like, you've seen me around dogs. I yeah. love dogs. I just, for some reason, that it just gets, it freaks me out. I'm like, they're coming to kill me. Like, it's loose because it's looking for me to kill me. <laughs> a dog without a human is just... <laughs> A rabid, wild animal. To coming to kill just me. Wow. You know, there's like roving packs of chihuahuas in Korea. Really? Yeah. And what? They're, yeah, they're, they're just... <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, Koreans love to buy these like toy dogs. Then they just, you know, sometimes people put their dogs out on the streets and abandon them. And I guess the, the dogs form a posse and uh, they can be pretty vicious. Good Lord. Like a bunch of little chihuahuas. That yeah. Sounds terrifying. Yeah. So don't go to Korea then if you're afraid of that. Um, okay. So we've got to do, we got to switch to gratitudes and okay. we got to do rapid. Like we just have like a few minutes. Okay. You want to start? Yeah. I'm grateful for tough experiences. Uh, this past weekend past few weeks have been tough um lots of difficult work that i put in but it was worth it and you know i I felt like i did a good job but it was tough like i knew like in the moment i was like this is hard like this is not easy and i gotta show up and put in the work and it's it can be really hard and really draining but i'm proud of myself for enduring those tough experiences awesome okay so um i tend to when i do laundry I tend to get through like the first couple loads and Mm -hmm. then I lose steam. So like the bottom of the basket, I just kind of end up leaving it there for a while. Yeah. So like the bottom third of the laundry, 
stays there. And then, of course, I pile the new dirty laundry on top of that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm always pulling from the top of the hamper. Yep. So it means that stuff at the bottom of that hamper can stay for a long period of time. And uh, so I was doing laundry and I actually was smart enough this time to kind of dig all the way down and see what kind of gems were down there. Yeah. And I found a dress that uh, I bought and had only worn once and I wore it. I realized that the last time I wore this dress, this brand new dress was like a month and a half ago. Uh, so that's how long it stayed in my laundry. But it's amazing because it's like a brand new dress. Yep. I get the experience of having a brand new dress twice. I love that. So pretty freaking awesome. That is cool. And so I guess I'm thankful for my lack of stamina in doing laundry. (laughs) (laughs) So it just brings little surprises. It brings little surprises here and there. Uh, okay. Well, that's our show today. Unless you have any other, anything else to add? No, nothing. All right. (laughs) Well, uh, we're going to get out of here and it looks like it's stopped raining. So that's nice. Nope. It's still raining. Great. I'm going to get wet. I didn't bring an umbrella. Uh, All right, guys. Keep talking about your feelings. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Two Nuts in a Pod on Forward Radio. Please keep in mind that we are not mental health professionals, and all of our opinions are based on our personal experiences. If you'd like to speak to a trained professional, call National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. The crisis line is available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Original theme music for Two Nuts in a Pod was composed by Neil Lucas.